So today we're going to look back on the year 2021, and I've titled the message, Look What the Lord Has Done in 2021. And we did this last year. It was um, a time of where there was a lot of people trashing 2020 and said, we just want to get rid of this year and start a new one. And so we decided, well, wait a minute. If the world's trying to trash 2020, we want to treasure it. And so we took the time last year just to look at what God has done and celebrate that. And it was such a positive experience just to pause at the end of a year and say, what has the Lord done? And that's what we're going to do this morning. To get started, I want to just kind of bring your attention to Luke chapter 1, verses 40, 45 through 49. And the context of these verses in Luke is after Elizabeth, which is John the Baptist's mother, she was pregnant for six months. And then Mary, the angel showed up and said, you're going to become pregnant. So she was, she was pregnant with Jesus. And the scripture says that she decided to go see her cousin, Elizabeth, that was carrying John the Baptist. And she knocked on the door, and, and uh, Elizabeth, uh, Mary, called out and said, Hey, I'm here to see you and hang out. And, and the scripture says that as soon as, as Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth jumped for joy. And boy, if that's not an indication that children in the womb know what's going on outside. They're alive. And they just, they had a moment there of, of like, wow, uh, this is phenomenal. When the baby that was still in the womb heard the voice of somebody outside, jumped up and down and said, yeah, the Savior's here. And of course, John the Baptist was going to uh, prepare the way for Jesus. And then the ladies exchange a conversation, and as a result of that, uh, Mary begins to, to prophesy, and she begins to share this psalm. But before she does that, it's Elizabeth that says to her, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said will be accomplished. And I think that's a significant statement that uh, Elizabeth said, blessed is those who believe that what the Lord has said, he will accomplish. And sometimes we get walking through years and things happen and we kind of lose belief. We kind of wonder, will God really accomplish that? Will it really happen like I heard that it said? And so we have to go back to the Lord and, and ask sometimes to adjust things or to stay believing that he would accomplish that which he said. And then here, Mary, then uh, she burst into song and she says this word. She says, Mary said, verse 46, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for us. Holy is his name. So that's really kind of where I was led to get the title of the message. The Lord has done great things for us, and holy is his name. And we want to reflect on that today. We are giving a testimony about the faithfulness of God. And as we conclude the message today, I ask the worship team if we could do great as our faithfulness, just as a way of sealing the, uh, sealing the fact that, that God has done an amazing thing this year, and there's more to come. And so we want to be able to give testimony to that. When you think of, of giving thanks, really what you're doing is you're looking back and remembering something that the Lord has done and simply giving him thanks. 
And the Apostle Paul writes to the Thessalonican church, and he says, here's something I want you to remember, church, that in all circumstances, give thanks, and this is the will of God. Sometimes we get confused. What's the will of God? What's the will of God? Well, Paul says, if you simply stop and give thanks in the circumstances you're in, probably not for the circumstances sometimes, but in the circumstances, you simply give thanks that God's going to come through. He's going to be faithful. He's going to sustain you. Whatever you need to bake it through, he's going to do that for you. When you simply stop and give thanks, you are in the will of God. That's what Paul says. And so it's a great reminder. It's a simple truth, but a great reminder that we all need at times that when we stop and give thanks, that uh, we are in the will of God. I wrote this week in a newsletter about a group uh, of missionaries that were in Haiti. We've been praying for for off and on for two months. And they were finally, actually, they, they, they weren't set free. They escaped. It's pretty cool. Yeah, amen. Yeah, what, a, what an amazing story. And as I uh, looked at some of the written correspondence that I had, as well as listening to a, a news uh, press conference that they released they said, one of the things that we did every day, the group said, was we sang and we prayed. And that's what carried us through. We sang and we prayed. And wow, what a testimony for us. We may not be literally, you know, uh, having in captivity, so to speak. We could in other ways. But when they were captured by gang members that wanted, you know, a million dollars per person, outlandish, they didn't know if they would have tomorrow. They didn't know what would happen. But that day they sang and they prayed. And I think that's something for us to remember even though we might not be in the situation that way that they were in, we can still sing and give thanks and we'll, and we'll be in the will of God. Well, we're going to jump in here today. I've got 25 things that the Lord has done in year 2021. So not going to spend a lot of time, probably just about a minute on each one maybe a little more, a little less. But I've really divided this into four different areas. We're going to look at the church front, what God did in, in the church front, in the community, well, how the Lord used uh, Crossroads and, in the community, in leadership, some of the things that we, we pursued in leadership, and then in missions. So we're going to start on the church front, and that is we successfully launched two services. Amen. That was, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, a long time coming, we, we had had uh, other thoughts of saying that um, we're ready to do this and then it just didn't seem to be the right time. Well, the elders were together in the spring of last year and they're like, let's set the date. So I'm like, I'm ready, let's do this. So we did, we set the date and uh, we pursued it. The staff got everything uh, in and it's been an incredible, incredible transition. The thing that is, um, you know, I'm, as I walk down through this, sometimes I'm going to give numbers and, and um, you say, well, maybe that's not significant, but every, every number represents a life, a person. And, you know, we're living in a time in our nation where a lot of churches are not even open yet. That astounds me. Or they have such restrictions, people are saying, I'm not going to go. And yet the Lord has helped us to navigate through that and to stay in faith, and to stay open, and to trust Him in fresh ways that perhaps we hadn't trusted Him before. And the Lord has honored that. And many of you have come in the last 
year or two years because you've been looking for a place that, again, that, that uh, just allows the Lord to be the Lord and allows us as his people to trust him. Amen? Amen. So it's been an incredible uh, time of two services, and I hear many people say, man, I love the early service. I, I love there. You know, I have to go to work later. I could never come. And it's just been all kinds of benefits of that, which we praise, we praise God for. And honestly, I'm going to make the second service jealous, all right? Honestly, sometimes it's less people in the first service, but the worship is more profound. Wow. That might just make you jealous a little bit. I might test that early service out. <laughs> oh, it's been great. No, both services have been amazing. The second thing I want to mention is the building our legacy, which we did in, in our offering. And uh, wow, um, we're going to start in uh, January 24th to do 21 days of prayer. And uh, one of the focuses that we're going to have for a full week is just asking the Lord to open the next steps for us. The scripture says that we make plans and he determines our steps. And we really feel like that one of those weeks, we're going to be praying about some other issues, uh, those two of the other uh, weeks, but one of those weeks we're going to focus on God. What's next in our, because we're really, really bumping up this. I want to just report last year at this time, we were at 271,637. 271 last year at this time. This year, now, we've bumped up 133,957. Is that God or what? That's just, wow. That is so, so amazing. And we praise God for what he's done. And, and one of the things that I've been challenging myself, that I challenge you for a while, the people say, well, I don't have extra to give. Well, let me give you this challenge. Trust God for the extra. Just say, God, I don't have the extra to give. But if you give me extra, I'll give. And you see what he does. He'll surprise you because he surprised me along the way. Here's another one on the church front. We baptized 11 people. That's phenomenal. We had fathers and families and young people. That was really great. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. It's always great to see people be baptized and declare Jesus as Lord over their life. And again, if you want to be baptized, we'll, we'll make it happen. Definitely ready for that. Uh, 34 people attended Discover Crossroads class. Some of the biggest classes that we've had of gathering for uh, Discover Crossroads has been this past year. We've had, you know, anywhere from uh, t 12, 10 to 15. Uh, normal, this, those times are like four to six, and it's just been overwhelming. People coming and, and finding out about the church, uh, how we do life, how we make decisions, who we are, our DNA, and, uh, and we do that. In case you're wondering, I wonder when the next one is. Get out your phone. It's February the 20th is our next Discover Crossroads. So if you're interested in that, you can pull out your phone or date book or, or get out your pen on the back of your hand, whatever you, whatever you make notes on. February 20th is the next one. The, uh, the next one I want to mention is Cross Kids. Last year, Cross Kids doubled in their attendance of kids. That's phenomenal because when the pandemic first hit, our kids' church is kind of like, you know, families stopped coming. They weren't quite sure, and it just kind of went down to, to a dribble, so to speak. But last year, man, it was like surge, and now it's doubled from where it was before. So we praise God for that. Yeah, amen. There's like up to 30 kids 
at times back there from zero to 12, and uh, we praise God for that. The pulse has increased as well. That's our youth. And there's between 15 and 20 kids that come on Tuesday nights. And Nick and Emily and Hannah and Mitchell, they lead that. And wow, kids have an amazing time. In fact, uh, I heard just a couple of weeks ago that one of our teams invited another team to come. And at the end of the, the service, he sought out one of the leaders and said, man, I want to come to Jesus. I mean, he didn't actually say that in the beginning. He said, I need to change my life. And the youth alert worker knew he needs to come to Jesus because <laughs> only Jesus can change the life, and he's been in contact with him and everything. So, so that's powerful. That is amazing. Um, Sisters in Arms, they did a retreat this year. They had 81 women registered to sign up to come, 38 from Crossroads and 42 from outside of Crossroads. That's amazing in itself. I tell you what, Donna Donnelly and the team, they do amazing. The women do it right. Men, we're just kind of trailing behind, but maybe one day we'll get there. Yeah, Sisters in Arms, they had an amazing retreat uh, this, this year, and some of you were uh, obviously a part of that if you're a, a lady. We did the stage remodel. Yep, voila, there it is. We finally got her done, and some of you uh, came in and thought, I thought that's the way it always was. No, uh, we had, uh, when we first uh, came into this building, we had one design, and we shifted a little bit, and another design, and we decided it was a time for another look, and so we got it done, and uh, that's pretty much uh, completed. We were able to develop our own app through Tithely, put a new skin on our website so it looks different if you've not been there for a while, and giving platforms as well. And Chris, uh, it's just been amazing, Pastor Chris, and how he navigated that whole change. That can be huge. You start messing with online giving and all that stuff, and Chris just watched the webinars and talked with the folks and got it all done, and, and uh, wow, we really appreciate somebody to champion new software systems. Amen? Some of you at work know about new software systems. You're like, wow, this is not working. But the one we, we, uh, we decided to go with has worked well for us. And I wanted to mention that the, uh, the app actually is kind of interactive with the notes that uh, we usually do on Sunday mornings. And if you download the app, it actually, where normal, you know, you fill in in the blank either with a pencil or if you download it on PDF, you have to write it in. But on the app, you can actually push a little button and a word comes in for you. So, yeah, it's all, it's pretty, pretty amazing deal. And um, the website has, in fact, the app is the only one that has all this 25 things listed. That's proprietary, you know. If you got the app, you got the stuff. I want to talk a little bit about the hybrid church and our online community. 75%, I would say, of the people that come through the doors in the last year, your year and a half, have seen one of Wanda's videos which is kind of amazing if you don't follow her, that's fine, but she kind of has a voice to, to the church about what's going on in the nation, and God has really uh, promoted her. It's not something she's done on her own, because she's tried that before, and it flopped pretty big, and she just allowed the Lord then to uh, promote what she is saying in her voice, and, and um, a lot of people have seen her before they come to the church, and they hear about the fact, oh, this church is within driving distance or in town, or and then they come, and obviously they need to connect with the church, not just her, in order to do that. One, one interesting thing was that uh, recently she had two people within a short period of time 
they wrote her and said that in the middle of the night, they heard her name, Wanda. One person said, I heard Wonder, but then they were like, Wonder, what's that? And the voice said, no, it's Wanda. And they didn't know anything about who she was. And so they woke up and they searched it out and they found her and what she was saying and they were very encouraged. So now I guess we're realizing what God is doing now. He's doing signs and wonders. God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? And that's a really good dad joke. I want to talk about the hybrid church. When we talk about a hybrid church, it's those that are watching presently online. In other words, we're gathered here, and there's those that are, are online participating, whether in the living room or, uh, or in the car, like Nick said, or, or other place, that, that uh, we're all participating together. We're just at two different places. We would call that the hybrid church. And um, currently, we have around, I would say, 30 views, the guys say, that is happening concurrently. Now, you can't say that's 30 people because it could be a family watching or it could be a husband and wife, and they're just uh, queued into one view. But by Monday, the, the live stream, which includes the worship and the preaching together, has reached about 200 views. And then when we cut the sermon and just have the sermon itself, then it, it, it comes, you know, can reach to 80 to 100 views. So we're just reaching a lot more people than we were before, and people are being blessed. They're letting us know. They're writing us. They're... Uh, giving us comments, and it's really, uh, really amazing to hear testimonies of people that are, are, are being blessed by what the Lord is doing in and through Crossroads. I mean, people all around the United States, as far as outside and, and Haiti, we have some folks from Haiti tuned in, and I just want to give two testimonies from the online community. Actually, one is from our own congregation that happened to be participating online that Sunday, and we were praying for healing. We were praying for people to be healed that Sunday. And they were watching from home. And uh, they said that uh, it had been at least nine years that they could not jump because so much pain in their feet. And as they were praying for, we were praying for healing that Sunday, suddenly God touched her body and totally healed her. She was able to jump for the first time. Isn't that amazing? So God is not limited by space and time. He created it. And we get those testimonies and rejoice what the Lord is doing. Another one said, in between songs on Sunday morning, uh, someone is watching with her husband, and her husband was filled with the Holy Spirit. So God is doing amazing stuff, and we just we celebrate uh, what he's doing. I really appreciate Pastor Nick and, and, and uh, Rachel and others that have really been able to take our, uh, our live stream and, and keep building it into a quality experience for both here and there. And uh, we appreciate that. So that's on the church front. Let's jump to the community front. On the community front, we host here at Crossroads two times a week a homeschool community co-op. And uh, we are partnering with Eukarya Christian Academy Dan Donnelly is uh, the, uh, the head, uh, headmaster, I guess he would be called there. And uh, he manages a lot of other things, but uh, that's one of the things. And uh, we made room for the homeschool co-op to come and to be with us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so it's a lot of fun. In fact, that has tripled this past year. of the now students that come here and, uh, and participate, and we rejoice in that. The Winch uh, Winchester Rescue Mission... We started this back before last year, 
and um, we were making about 70 meals a week, and it was basically for those on the weekend that didn't have homeless folks that didn't have a meal, and we would uh, ba have bag lunches for them to take. Well, now we're down to 30 meals a week, but they, they count on those meals coming in. And uh, we have uh, uh, Leslie and Chris and Rita, and I think Willie's jumped in recently, and they're just, they're just so, so faithful to uh, come and to uh, put those meals together. And again, we look at different sources that we can purchase the food, and, and uh, it's not for the mission itself, but it's for people that know that they can get a bag lunch on the weekend, they come knock on the door, and we provide one of those meals. And uh, the, the mission counts on on us providing those. And again, if you'd like to help, uh, you can see either Leslie or Nick. If you'd like to jump in, come in on Thursdays and help make, help make those meals. That would be great. Um, this is exciting. Three small groups at Crossroads collected enough money among them to provide a 1,000 meals at Thanksgiving through the Rescue Mission. That's amazing. Wow came from three small groups. We also, this last year, uh, just took time to bless some sectors of society that were stressed more than others. I mean, we all live with some stress, but we took the opportunity to bless those in the medical field, those, in the, uh, those that were teaching school, and also uh, those uh, service people, uh, policemen and fire. And uh, we, we took... Uh, you know, those in the medical and the teacher, we sent them a gift card and a, uh, just a card to bless them and let them know we're praying for them. And those in the service community, we actually provided for their meal next door. A lot of them come to uh, 314 Pizza. And so we, during Thanksgiving week, we uh, bought their meals for them. And uh, we want to do that again, just as a way to bless our community. Abacare. Abacare uh, serves as a as an organization in the area, many of you know that, that unplanned pregnancies that happen, and you can go there and get godly help and assistance. And so there were some that walked for Abacare, walked for life, and raised um, at least $1,300 for that. So we praise God that was given to them for Walk for Life. And the last one that I want to mention here on the community front is we hosted a parenting conference this summer. We actually put it off three times. We had it scheduled. And uh, we finally landed on the third, the third date. And, and uh, there were 40 attendees to that, which was pretty amazing in itself. 18 were from Crossroads, 13 from uh, Eukarya Christian Academy, and then nine from outside of the area. So it was, a, it was a great conference. And really, if I would sum that up, that parenting conference, which I hope for us to do it again in the future, would be that you're preparing your child to be a success for life. Oftentimes we don't think about parenting that way, but that's really what it is. You're preparing your child to be a success for life, and that conference certainly enhanced that. Let's jump to the leadership front right now. Then the leadership front, we graduated six from our Dove Leadership School. And we have a satellite that comes in here. It's actually filmed live in New Holland, Pennsylvania. Two different networks of churches coming together and providing a leadership school. And we uh, host it here, and we, we have the school going. We have two this year. But this was what amazed me about the Dove School is that we have graduated 
in and through Crossroads, number of people, we've, we've had 39 graduates. Is that amazing or what? That have gone through the leadership school. So we have our 40th one in school right now. We're going to have to pull out the confetti, right? Tell you what, 40th is going to be awesome. Uh, I don't know, maybe we're going to have to start reunions and an alumni booster club or something. I mean, 40 graduates, that's, that's phenomenal. We were able to license uh, Mitchell Smith to the ministry, and uh, Nick Payne was ordained. Nick had been licensed for a while, and we ordained him. Last year, also at the urging of, of Nick, I, uh, you know, some things that you just kind of step out and do because you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this, and other things... You need somebody to urge you to do it, right? Hopefully it's the right thing and not the wrong thing. <laughs> I've had people urge me to do the wrong thing, but this is the right thing. When Nick says, Bobby, you need to do a, a leadership podcast, and I'm like, oh, okay, I think I will. So he was kind of the voice behind it, but obviously I stepped in and, and did it, and uh, we were able to produce eight sessions last year. It's called Lift Leadership, and it's on our website. It's also on Spotify that you can go there if you want to listen to it. It's on Spotify or, or, or our website. I think it's under the media tab. Subjects like selecting loyal leaders, decision-making. Are you leading from vision or from values? There's a difference. Self-care and leadership, leading with backbone. The deadliest growth inhibitor. That's a really good one. And helping others find their calling. So this is just a couple of the topics not all of them that I shared, and you're welcome to go on there and, and enjoy that, things that I've learned over the years in leadership that I'm sharing with others. This is one that excites me, and that is Free Me Day. We held Free Me Day after three years of not having it. Can't believe it, but leadership came together, and uh, Teresa and Paula have been fielding that for us, doing an incredible job, and we're just, uh, i tell you what, we're we're off and running. I want to share with you some testimonies from this last uh, Free Me Day. Uh, just to, again, if you're like, man, I'd like to be a part of that. Here's some things that, that the, the last people that went through said. My eyes were open to many things that have been holding me back. I felt much breakthrough when praying about being released from the sins of my ancestors. Wow. Second one is, I came in feeling burdened and weighed down. I left lighter and encouraged with hope. Amen. Even after being a Christian for a while, I realized how much more bondage I had and needed to be taken out. It was great relief to confess sins and then feel free knowing I'm forgiven. Yeah. Here's another one. It opened my eyes to realize I needed to forgive myself for perfectionism. Well, you know, perfectionism can be a trap. That's a powerful testimony. Here's another one. I realized how much the enemy had been involved in disrupting my life. Sometimes we're just not aware of how much the enemy is doing in our life. Here's the next one. Categories that most impacted me were deception, rebellion, and pride. I never realized how much they were impacting me. Wow. Incredible. Here's another one. In the lies versus truth section, I shifted from only looking at issues in the enemy to looking at Jesus and letting him love me. Wow. Is that good or what? Sometimes we can only look at the issues and look at the enemy. 
But in that free me day, they suddenly shifted over and said, I'm going to look at Jesus and let him love me. That's really, really a powerful testimony. Here's another one, two more. I got free of dealing with self-condemnation, and now I see how Jesus really loves me. What a powerful moment. And the last one is, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I was a bit nervous starting, but the Lord met me, and I am so, so grateful. Wow. Those are, those are amazing testimonies. And some of you are thinking, wow, I'd like to do that, right? All right, get out your phone. I got a date for you. <laughs> March the 5th is going to be our next free me day, March the 5th. So if you want to be a part of that, we'll have sign-ups when we get closer. But I'm just going to give you a run and start on that. And uh, mark down March the 5th is our next free me day. We hosted some guest speakers this year. Jake Kale talked about deliverance and how we as ordinary people can be oppressed by the devil, by demons, and not realize that that's what's going on. And he opened our eyes to that. We had Harold Everly here that talked about worldview and made sure that our worldview is lining up with the Bible and not the culture. Well, it's so critical in the day and time in which we live because the cultural worldview is so strong. It's like a tsunami that is trying to overtake us. And we have to back up and stand strong and say, wait a minute, I'm going to match what is coming to me from the culture against what the Bible says. And I'm going to choose to believe what the Bible says over what the culture is trying to impact us. And Harold brought that view. Incidentally, he's coming back in February Again, so we look forward to him. We also had a prophetic mentoring weekend that was sold out six weeks in advance. That's pretty amazing in itself. 200 seats, all filled up, and uh, all the instructors got sick that weekend. So that was a bummer. We had to cancel it, but we didn't cancel the material. We came back the next week, and each one that was scheduled taped it, and we put it into a booklet, and we've sold so far. I checked with Wanda earlier service. We sold over 400 of those uh, manuals in that conference. So God continues to march forward even though the weekend uh, got uh, punted. And the last thing I want to mention here before we move over into missions is that one and I got the opportunity to go to Hinton, Oklahoma and do a conference together. It was about her book, uh, Moving from Sword to Scepter. And one of the things that we, we do is we pass along resources. And she and I wrote this book called Making Room for His Presence. And it's just a, a little devotional book that you can go through in 21 days. Maybe, maybe sometime in the future we'll do it again. And, um, and so the church there decided to take this devotional last year out of, and we just shared materials. Sometimes people pick up things and do it, and other times it's just, oh, that's nice, and put it on their shelf and go on their way. But they actually said, no, we believe God wants us to do this. And they joined up with eight other churches in their small community, and they went through this devotional together. And I tell you, God met them in such powerful ways. They were at each other's churches, learning each other's names. The leader said, you know, we'd see each other at the grocery store and would wave, but we had no idea that person could pray like that. We had no idea that Baptists could pray. We had no idea Methodists could pray. And we were all together, and God was meeting us, and it was glorious. So again, uh, God just led us out there, and they picked up this. And I just wanted to share it as an encouragement that eight different churches joined together and did making room for his presence, and they were, they were transformed. And uh, we praise God for that. On the missions front, 
we were able to complete the garden wall project. Wow. It was a, it was a long time. Amen. Yeah. This is, this is great. The, the garden wall is, uh, obviously, it houses a garden, and it's working. We've got fresh uh, soil in it, uh, plants that are native to Haiti, and it's working really great. And we were in our last missions meeting, and Keith said, you know, he said, where this thing is at right now, I think the training wheels are coming off. <laughs> and it's going to start then generating food for the workers as well as other families, as well as uh, provide a source of income for those that are working it. So, again, that's part of our goal that we not just do handouts, but we do hand-ups. And uh, we praise God for that. Another thing that we did, we joined together with two other organizations and provided money for modern bathrooms in a small community called Despuzet. And uh, wow, what a, what a blessing for them, uh, providing these outdoor bathrooms and actually a third bathroom for the teachers in the school. And then last, uh, last week, we gave you an opportunity to give. They asked that if we would give money for Bibles for the students. And one Creole Bible cost $10. And we asked you just to give what was on your heart. Well, you went way beyond 500 You went to $850. 85 Bibles. That's awesome. Yeah, praise God. That's really, really great. And then the last one that I'm going to mention is, uh, is one that uh, we support an uh, organization that uh, actually um, allows us to, i say this carefully because it's going out to the world, uh, allows us to um, sow into a people group in the world that has no known Christian witness. And so our goal is that that change, that they have a Christian, a Christian witness. So we've been participating in this for a while, and uh, the organization that we're part of kind of facilitates that. We've joined together with two other churches in this endeavor for, for this people group that we are, we are supporting. And, uh, and we look forward to results that come. Uh, um, uh, the, the two churches, two other churches that are involved in this, one is in Sarasota, Florida, and the other is Port Orchard, Washington. You're like, well, how did that happen? Well, the guy in Sarasota and I are good friends. We pastored together previously, and we're good friends, and when we heard about this project, we're like, you know, we're in together. And so we've been, uh, we've been journeying together. Now this is the second group that we've supported. And the group in Port Orchard, Washington they just wanted to participate, but they didn't want to shoulder one group themselves. And so they decided, who else is doing this? And my contact says, well, call Bobby. He'll set you up. And so we were able to then divide it three ways instead of two ways to jump in and do this. So God is doing an amazing thing. I want to share, you, share with you just one testimony that came through uh, the organization that we're teamed up with. And uh, you can probably guess the nation the testimony is saved from a Taliban takeover. And here's the story. It says, as we, began, as we became aware the Taliban were, were coming to our village, we gathered 700 strong, and we began to say our goodbyes, preparing for mass suicide. Then we started calling out to Allah for mercy and entrance to heaven. As my family prayed, a bright light filled the room and a voice said, I am for you, not against you. It was a moment of awe, surprise, 
and wonderment. No one spoke. No one moved. God sent his angels, not Allah, but the God of the Bible, Jehovah. Wow. Minutes after this visitation, a band of Taliban showed up. It was a small skirmish and didn't last long, and they were neutralized, and we all escaped. Wow, what an amazing story. So God is alive in the world. The Holy Spirit's on full throttle. We may be locked down, but the Holy Spirit is not, and he's doing a great work. And we celebrate that today. Look what the Lord has done in 2021. This is not about uh, crossroads. It's about you and your faithfulness. Your faithfulness to give. Your faithfulness to serve. Your faithfulness to pray. It's really a summation of you, the body of Christ, that is joined together not only in this place, but those that are joining us online and part of our online community that you've prayed and you've given and you've served where you could. And that's, that's, that, that's the whole beauty of what we're celebrating today, of look what the Lord has done. He's done it through his body. It hasn't been through one, any individual, but it's been people that have worked together, and now the Lord has done great things. What's my admonition to you as we close a year and we walk, open up a new one? It's this, stay in faith. Stay in faith. Second. Corinthians 13, 5 through 9, says this, examine yourselves and see whether you are in faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to test? I'm going to stop there because... I really feel that's significant as we close this year and open up a new one that we remind ourselves we're called to live by faith. In fact, it's repeated three times in Scripture that the righteous live by faith. And sometimes we add on the word faith at the end, but if you actually read that in the Hebrew, in the Greek, in the original language, it says this, that the righteous by faith shall live. Because sometimes we think, well, we can live and add faith on if we need it. But that's not how it's published. It's published the righteous by faith shall live. The only way that we live is by faith in the God that we serve. And so as we fold up this year and open up to another's, I want, I, another, I want us to examine our faith and make sure that we are in faith. And if we have Jesus Christ living within us, then we need to recognize that he's all we need to live and walk in faith. Later on in this passage, I just wanted to, to point to, it says, but that you may do what is right, although we may seem to have failed. And, and Paul's admonishing the, Christian, the, the, the uh, uh, Corinthian church that even though Something may have failed this past year doesn't mean that we shouldn't have faith that something new can't start or he can't take that which was started and continue it on 
Just because we're entering a new year doesn't mean that which we're believing for has to stop. And as I read that as well, I also recognize that sometimes we journey with people and they stop in their faith and we're tempted to stop in ours because they stopped in their faith. And Paul says, don't stop in your faith even though somebody else has. Don't stop. Keep walking forward. He goes on to say in in verse 8, he says, For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. What a great statement. We can't do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. Colossians 2, uh, uh, 1, 23 says this. 1, 23 says this. But you must stay deeply rooted, firm in your faith, You must not give up hope, for you received when you heard the good news. What a great, great way to state it. I want to invite you to stand. And uh, as you stand, I want to read part of Psalm 126. As we sing together, great is your faithfulness. Psalm 126 says this. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. We were like those who dream. And the word dream means to be made, made whole. In other words, if when you dream for something, you dream for something better than what you have, right? And so it says, when the Lord restored the fortunes to Zion, it was like the dream that we had is actually being realized. He says, then our mouth was filled with laughter And our tongue was shouts of joy when they sang among the nations. The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done things for us. And we are glad. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Are you glad today? Amen. We're glad. Let's give him thanks. i 
Great is thy faithfulness, great.